Hey guys, Nayman here. We're going to be doing our second week of the modern meta action, basically going over decks in the modern meta currently. Um, of course, week number one was talking about Death Shadow, talking about Abzan, talking about Jun, and those fun decks that are running around or fun for some people. So I figured with some Rude Dude decks uh, would be the great follow-up for week number two here. Talking about those lockout decks, the prison decks that are in the meta that some people have a really good time piloting and your opponents have a horrible time playing against. <laughs> so the decks that we're going to be talking about, if you guys, just from that description, I'm sure a couple decks come to mind, but there's two main ones that I want to talk about that are more prevalent in the modern meta, um, and that would be Lantern Control, um, and that red-white, like, Nahiri Control, Sun and Moon it's been called, just whatever specific name you want to go with for it, but they're all basically the same uh, concept around it. So um, we had, of course, our GPs that were taking place recently, and wow, what? Uh, one of the Lantern Control players got first place with the list, and worked out really nicely based on the meta that was shaped around um, his event and it's it's a good deck it's an exhausting deck to pilot and it is by no means a deck designed for new players um, and well we'll get into it when we talk a little bit about the list because there's at least top eight um, first place deck to discuss for it and then we had I believe 16th yeah 16th place um, we had somebody else piloting um, a very similar list. Um, and there's a couple tweaks that you can do to it and some variants. We'll talk a little bit about that briefly before we go into the red-white um, list. So uh, before we jump into it, again, if you guys like these videos, I really encourage you um, to subscribe over here. So this is going to be a weekly thing. We also have coverage um, every week, Modern Magic Mondays. You can see... Um, that's on Twitch and YouTube.com slash Modern Magic Mondays. We do weekly coverage. We've been doing it for over a year now um, of Modern, so we've been able to see the meta shift and change over months and stuff like that. And just bring entertainment and excitement and education to uh, our viewers out there. So let's jump into it. I know you're here for the for the talks, the discussions of the deck. So um, boom, Lantern Control. First place finish here. Um of course, you look at it and you're like, all right, got some disruption. That's what the deck's trying to do here. Strip cards from your hand. Um, of course, Inquisition. We've got some Thoughtseize. You see him at a 4-2 split here. Um, some people do slightly different depending on what your meta might be. Like if you're sitting there and you know that you're going to be playing uh, maybe against like Mortron or something in your shop or maybe some bigger stuff, um, that might be something to consider of having maybe an extra Thoughtseize or so in your list. But that having a package of both is uh important there um it also is running collective brutality uh, which is a nice addition to the list because um all of the modes are, are relevant um when you're playing with this deck here uh, stripping away instance or sorcery from your opponent's uh, hand is really cool because a lot of times that's the stuff they're going to use to kill off uh, all of your artifacts and we see there's at least 25 in the deck there um, you know, killing off a creature, sweet, and gaining life, draining your opponent is nice there. Uh, Ancient Stirring, of course, finding up all of those in, um, artifacts that you might need, being able to find a land if you're short on a land, things like that. And the objective, dump your hand uh, to be able to turn on and Steering Bridge. And guess what? Infernal Tutor, you're going to be hellbent, hopefully. 
so you can be able to find up a card from your deck there. Um, does run some Abrupt Decays, a little bit of removal in there. Uh, doesn't have to rely so much on removal based on what the deck is trying to do. Also, uh, we see two Surgical in our first place finish list, which I am a big fan of Surgical in this sort of deck, uh, and just kind of basically lock somebody away from specific cards. Um, now, why is it called a prison deck or a lockout deck? Um, well, the objective of the deck is to get out our Lantern of Insight, which reveals our top card, both me and you, if we're battling against each other here. And we use cards like Codex Shredder, Ghoul Collar's Bells, Pixis of Pandemonium, uh, to be able to get rid of those top cards here. Um, and it basically controls what your opponent draws. So if you're like, oh, well, I have Ensnaring Bridge out, which I have no cards in my hand, so hey, don't have to worry about you attack attacking me. I'll make sure you draw that creature right now. Or I'll make sure that you draw that land right now. Oh, you're not going to get that instant. Or, oh, you have nothing but instances like pump spells in your hand and you're in fact, you're not going to get a creature ever. Uh, and you'd be able to do those sort of shave off what they get to draw, all the good stuff like that. You also can lock them out of certain things with Pithing Needle. So if you're playing um, against Infect, for example, you can can choose to name like Ink Moth Nexus. If you're playing against Tron, you can be like, all right, we're not going to be dealing with any of those pesky planeswalkers. We're not going to be dealing um, with Oblivion Stone, things like that. So that's a nice way to be able uh, to lock your opponent out of the game. And it's a long, grindy match, and it is not something you should play if you're new to the game. Because you have to understand what is in your opponent's deck to understand what they should be drawing and what you should be cycling away for them. So that is a nice little way to, to pilot. And it definitely rewards the experienced players. Um, so talk a little of the sideboard here. Um, additional Pithing Needle in there to make it four. He's got some Ley Lines um, help him out against some you know, targeted stuff, those burn decks, things like that. Welding Jar is something you're going to see in every single list of Lana Control because you can see 25 artifacts. Its main focus is having those on the battlefield and just slowly controlling what's going on, um, being able to use those to regenerate. Basically, everyone's going to cite in their artifact removal post-game one and try to deal with you. Um, you know, Scrap Digger's Cage, the normal stuff that we'd expect to see. It's got some... Um, extra removal in here with like seal and nature's claim for artifacts and enchantments uh, Long's legacy is a really sweet card um, set up in there you name a non-artifact non-land card and you just exile away all the um, copies for it um, and then the player shuffles his library and draws a card for each card exiled this way so nice little way to help thin out their deck if you're trying to go for that and Malcolm's in the background hanging out there Again, it's the House of Cats, guys. Um, Aether Grid is something that you see kind of mixed between mainboard and sideboard, depending on how some people build their lists, is something to think about. That, hey, this is an extra win con of being able to tap two of your artifacts and deal one damage. So you can be sitting there, okay, we've locked up the game, and that in Steering Bridge that's normally doing nothing, well, now I can start tapping that and dealing damage to you. Um, new addition to the deck, which is something you're going to be um, seeing in some of the list um, is not in this list because um, this is kind of the more straightforward lock you out of the game um, which I'll talk about is a new card from Aether Revolt from our 16th place but uh, quick talk about the lands Spire of Industry, Sweet, Inventor's Fair um, 
another one you can search up artifacts for academy runes get them back from your graveyard because um, your ghoul caller's bell mills both you and your opponent so does have ways to get artifacts back um, and then like glimmer void makes sense because you have so many artifacts it's going to have some fast lands being able to use ancient stirrings abrupt decay surgicals thought seas inquisitions blooming marsh is perfect fit uh into this deck and then you know like we talked about lockout shuts you down from certain colors and stuff like that so ghost quarter is where it's set up so let's talk about our 16th place uh finish here and, and kind of maybe some difference between the two we already see that the grid is in the main board for it um, only one abrupt decay, but is running some extra sorceries in his list. You see, he's here's his his option for it: four thought sees, three duress. So not opting for the Inquisition, feeling that he could be able to strip away most of the stuff that he needs with that. You need to be running Infernal Tutor again. You're going to be hell bent. You're going to want to find a card. Um, Ancient Strings again, finding those cards. But this is some new addition that I've been seeing some players talk about and seeing some players try out. Battle at the Bridge. Um, does have that improvise there, so you can be able to tap your artifacts to help pay for it. But target creature gets minus X, minus X until the end of the turn, and you gain X life. So, um, could be those situations where you're playing against those creature-based decks, and you're really hoping to find um, your um, ensnaring bridge. So until you get that, well, you got to stay alive somehow. So that's a way to help deal with that. And that's also allowing him to strip away a couple extra abrupt decays and, and things like that. Um, we have seen, and he's opting out for the Seagate Wreckage, maybe a little bit of extra draw in his, but in Metro's Fair, Academy Ruins are, are kind of the go-to. Now there is a Planeswalker that some lists have run before. Let me pull him up for you guys. Dun-dun-dun, Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas here. Um, not as many lists are running it nowadays, but it was something that people were experimenting with as an extra win condition. I personally like the list that ran him um, because you do get basically an Ancient Stirrings, if you will, with his plus one ability. Look at the top five cards of your library, reveal an artifact card, put it into your hand, rest in the bottom, any order. Cool. Uh, minus one. Most likely not going to be used in this sort of deck. That target artifact becomes a artifact creature with 5-5. Five, five, insole artifact, if you will. Um, base power and toughness there. The minus 4, though, is the basically extra win con. Um, easily tick it up twice. Look at your top couple cards. Find some artifacts. Sweet. And now, if you've got your opponent locked down um, with your ensnaring bridges and you're controlling their draws, you should have a decent amount of artifacts out. So target player loses X life and you gain X life where X is twice the number of artifacts you control. So that's a great extra win condition. Um, not as many decks are running it currently, but it is something to consider if you're looking into the deck or if you're playing against people that could be something that they're opting for. Um, so come back over to our 16th place here. Let's talk about um, their sideboard. Artifact removal, enchantment removal is something that is important. That's why he's opting for uh, the wear and tears in his list. Um, you notice there are no surgicals in the 16th place. He does have them in the sideboard, an extra aether grid, um, just kind of the way that he's opting for, and a full play set of welding jar. Really wants to make sure his stuff is staying alive and knows that people could easily board in hate against him. Um, and his extra answers to creature-based decks um, are the, the three fatal pushes there. So, you know, definitely unique ways to go about the building of the decks 
and you can go see that there are some flex spots available to you but for the most part between the lists ancient stirrings are a must um, to have infertile tutor is a must to have and some combination of hand removal will, depending on how you want to go about it thought seize inquisition and duress are key um, abrupt decay least of one of seems to be the go-to uh, for the instances and now the artifacts pretty much across the board are going to be that 25 26 artifacts here some run a few more pixis in their list uh, some less you know it depends on where you want to go this we see less ghoul callers bell for his so he can run Tormod's crypt um, in his you know maybe still worried about uh, dredge which is a thing that is still around so you know not a bad idea to uh, for that or if you're playing against um, like an Abzan or Jun based deck and they've got a goif and they're running those um, ancient uh, grudge so they can flash it back and stuff you can just kind of shut down some of that stuff so um, but yeah always going to have ensnaring bridges lander of insight those mill effects codex shredders things like that so things to be aware of when you're playing against this sort of deck um, it is a frustrating deck to play against because you feel like well you've completely locked me out of being able to draw what i want um, and you'll see a lot of people stockpile fetch lands to interact with it. Say, okay, activate Codex Shredder. You're going to have you mill your top card. And you can respond, oh, I really want that card, so I'm going to fetch and try to find a land. See if I can put something else on top that I don't care about. Just to help you out a little bit until you can try to get into some of that artifact removal against the deck. Uh, Hercules, things like that work out really well because it just has that bounce, get rid of all that stuff and then you could be able to interact with it. So definitely a, a fun deck for those that are experienced in the game of Modern and want a little bit of a different style of play. Um, let's talk about our second prison deck, though. Um, I know we spent a little bit more time on those because we had a couple more deck lists to talk about. This one um, did make top eight at Brisbane as well. A um, couple names have come around for it, um, like the Hiri Control, um, which I usually attribute more to like the Jeskai Nahiri control personally uh, this is more like the Sun and Moon style um, and it gets the name Sun and Moon because it runs Blood Moon and it runs uh, Elspeth Sun Champion now, some run it main some sideboard but for the most part all the lists are running it now oh here's another super hateful card but we're not <laughs> the deck's objective is basically it's a red white deck um, that heavy focuses on planeswalkers um, you see a Johnny, Tondra, Torch of Defiance, Nahiri, and Gideon in here. Um, not going to be as reliant on creatures with the exception of Emrakul to be able to cheat into play using Nahiri. Um, Simeon Spirit Guides are basically designed to speed up your play, um, get a Blood Moon out early, get a Chalice of the Void out early. Um, and that's what the deck is supposed to do. Basically, it's going to lock you out of being able to use your lands the way that you want to. Uh, because in Modern, it's very easy to have two three-color decks. And with fetches, with shocks, you're going to have a lot of mountains after Blood Moon's out. Um, not as many people run basics, and if they do, they run a few, like maybe three in their deck. So having a Blood Moon out really does hurt uh, a lot of people. And having a full placement in there means you should be getting one out relatively early. Chalice is another way 
Uh, a lot of decks are low to the ground because Modern is a very quick format. Again, Wizards says it should be ending around that turn four, um, which makes sense um, with how they have it set. There's a few decks that do break that rule from time to time, but for the most part, around that turn four. Um, so Chalice of the Void is great because those lower the ground quick decks um, are dropping stuff down on one or two for the most time. Sometimes you'll see the zero cost, um, and that does factor into things, and you can really shut down people trying to do some combo-y stuff and do things like that. So having a full play set of that, and it's easy to see um, that a lot of the stuff this deck is casting is going to be above that one to two cost, you know, three, four, five even. Um, and with the amount of lands, hey, you know what? We've got some filter lands in here. Um, gemstone caverns can help you out there. And then that later on just becomes uh, a mountain, no problem. Snow-covered mountain, snow-covered plains. Don't have to run the snow-covered. That's preference uh, if for the most part there. Um, temple to help cycle through things, figure things out, get yourself set up nicely. And then once you get one of your planeswalkers down, after you have your Blood Moon, your Chalice, you just can easily control what's going on there. Um, lots of removal set up in here. Anger of the Gods, Wrath of God, um, Helix is in there again. Two costs. Um, does run a few more in its list because of Chalice and throwing down Chalice on one. Um, so that's why you don't see a, a playset or a single Lightning Bolt in this list, opting for that option. Uh, and if you know you're playing against a deck that does run a lot more two drops, then you shine out your helixes and bring in other stuff. Um, Bless Alliance is also that option. Hey, you can gain some life on it. Sacking creature is quite relevant there. So um, that's kind of the design for the deck here. Talking a little bit about sideboard. Extra Blessed Alliance is in there. Three rest in peace. Um, you know, helping to just kind of shut down any graveyard shenanigans with the rise up of some of our collected company based decks. Absent companies back in it. That's going to just put a stop on that. Dredge is still a thing, so that's going to put a stop on that. Can also interact with Snapcaster, interact with Goyfs. So, rest in peace, still a great card to be uh, to be had in Modern. Um, Oil, hey, not only am I going to be super rude by countering all your stuff with Chalice of the Void, turning all your lands into non-basics, but hey, you know what? There's some blue decks running around. Maybe you've countered my Blood Moon. Well, guess what? I'm going to destroy all your islands, just because. So that's a nice little rude dude uh, interaction that he's got set up in his sideboard there. Three ley lines. Hey, if I'm going to play Abzan, I'm going to be playing Jun. I need to protect my hand, get myself set up. Perfect way to do it. Also, if you're playing against Burn, hey, Blood Moon doesn't really do as much. Maybe I'm, I don't have my Chalice. This kind of helps save me a little bit there. Uh, extra Anger in case you're fighting those creature-based decks. Stony Silence, well, Artifacts works really well against that last uh, prison deck that we were talking about, Lantern Control. Can't really do anything there. Crumble to Dust, of course, mainly against Tron. Get rid of all those lands. And then Elspeth, Sun Champion. Great way to help deal with some of those um, Eldrazi decks that are running around, like Phant Eldrazi, uh, or even Tron Eldrazi could do pretty well because you can kill off some of their big dumb dudes, also make a bunch of blockers to just get in the way. So, Niaticus. Yeah. So that's kind of the concept of a prison deck. Now there's some other stuff that are running around that you might say, okay, this kind of fits in that category. And there are other decks like this. 
uh, that are out there. But these are the two main ones that you're going to see if you're going to go to a tournament, you're going to go to an SCG Open or a Classic or something like that, or even a GP. They're going to have a couple of these decks running around. People enjoy piloting them, and everybody who plays against them hates it. <laughs> and that's kind of the the main slogan if you're going to play a prison deck is that you're going to be rocking out something super hateful and and you know have everybody not too happy with what you're doing there but you're having a blast so i, I don't think i've met a uh, lantern control player or a sun and moon player that is like yes i'm completely miserable when i play this deck no they're having a great time so um i hope you guys enjoyed our segment here about the prison based decks not sure what we're going to do yet for um next week because again there's over 30 some decks uh that are consistently placing in modern um let me know in the comments if there's a specific deck that you'd like to see maybe if a couple people are really saying uh one in particular then we'll talk about that sort of segment of decks uh, because you know we do have all these collected company based decks that are running around right now uh, we've got Tron, we've got the Eldrazi decks, um, we, we have Scapeshift list. Like, there's still so many decks to talk about. We're going to keep going week in, week out. So, if you guys enjoyed this prison uh, segment here for the Modern Meta Spotlight, I hope you guys consider hitting that subscribe button, hitting the follows, checking out all the other projects that we were working on. I was talking earlier about Modern Magic Mondays, which is the weekly coverage that we do. And you guys can, of course, find all that stuff if you just search Modern Magic Mondays. Go YouTube, Twitch, all that kind of good stuff there. But thanks so much for tuning in and watching, guys. And I'll see you guys next game.